Hey, Zero Block 30 listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Friday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Pride members can also listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball Nip. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball Nips and have a great time on the golf course. Round number one, good initiative, bad judgment strikes again, but this time involving some beloved McDonald's hamburgers. Round number two, Kate's diet has been a topic of conversation lately. Her choice might make some of you want to die a little bit, which leads us right into the story for round number two. Round number three, our British friends across the pond. Guess what they're going to be able to do again soon, guys? Guess Guess you don't know. Uh, sweep your chimneys, Governor. They will sweep your chimneys. That's exactly right. Um, drink uh, an inappropriate amount of alcohol and scream at soccer games. I think they have been doing that, and they oh. will continue doing that. The answer that I was looking for there was hug. They're going to be able to hug because I don't know if you guys know this in London, you're not allowed to hug. Whoa, I, I don't know if I like that at all, actually. As a COVID thing or just as a cold British personality kind of thing? I think the, the queen just frowns upon it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched like 20 minutes of The Crown. I feel like I know so much more about England than I used to. Oh, yeah. I know. Good stuff to watch. And whoever said you can't learn anything from television. That's right? exactly right. And finally, round number four. Bin Laden has been dead as a doornail for 10 years. And there's a new article that came out in Politico. Did you guys see it? No. Did you happen to see no. it? No. It is by far the most fascinating account of the Bin Laden story that I've ever heard. And I mean, not besides the mission, obviously, Rob O'Neill's telling of the what happened there. But the way that it all came together is absolutely mind-blowing from the people that are involved. Oh, yeah. I have a little bit of a breakdown from the political article, but you're going to want to read the whole thing. We can't go through the whole thing. It's like fucking, it's a lot of words, a lot of words, a lot of words. And all the words all like the words so many words and it the whole show the is dm right it was what? obama dm'd he slid into the dms of bin laden is like we're coming for you bitch yeah we're and like then... where are you at dude <laughs> obama yeah. said all right then roll up and then rob o'neill yeah okay i'm excited <laughs> for this got it and also i saw the pictures of the house for the first time today like the the little compound that place fucking shithole yeah, but open concept though, that's important and a nice backsplash, I heard. Leon Panetta yeah. makes a good point that we're here about in round number four, but I'll tell you what it is right now. He said if any place in all of Pakistan could have a resort, it would be Abbottabad. Like of of all the cities that are there. Huh. And because you have been Laden. <laughs> you have okay. you have been Laden's compound. Hey, where are you going this weekend? Abbottabad. Yeah, you have you have his compound, 18 feet walls. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. You wow. can't see anything compensating yeah. for much that's like having a lifted truck here in the states if you have yeah, like a, walls, a like really a yeah, really big pickup it's like what are you hiding yeah. what are you hiding i heard he had kc lights on the top of his wall yeah mm-hmm. if you get a ridiculous color pickup too just to, to really wait this yellow pickup that i got is not a ridiculous color it's copper what are we talking about copper is not ridiculous wow, <laughs> sounds a little ridiculous oh yeah. sorry i didn't go fucking silver black uh Silver or like black. Wet penny, You're a wet penny. Wet pennies, by the way, when they get stuck in your little cup drawer inside oh, your worst. car, 
That yeah. is fucking gross. When you have to touch mm-hmm. those things. Yeah, you don't want to do that unless you've been goofing with some 3G, which you'll be able to soon. I've been doing 3G ads for a while. Recently, people, because we talk about it, even when we're not doing ad reads, people are like, 3G is obviously the shit. So mm-hmm. people have been reaching out to me and they're like, you were not kidding about 3G. If you haven't like smoked any type of weed or done any type of THC in a long time, 3G will put you on your fucking ass in a heartbeat. So you need to get some. 3G is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC gummies. All products are formulated by biochemists and made in the USA with USA grown hemp. 3G's Delta 8 is federally legal version of THC and is more functional alternative to marijuana it gives you amazing buzz and a great body feel with a cleaner head and less anxiety and paranoia it's available online at 3chi.com that's the number 3chi.com and at retailers around the country you must be 21 to purchase and remember it's not cbd so if you're a military bubba still or sissy if you're a military person still or if you do any kind of job where they're going to give you a drug test don't take it because they are you will piss as the french say hot if you have that um, so make sure you go to 3chi.com. Into the promo code ZBT2021. You're going to get 5% off on your first order. First of many. There will be many. If you buy one, you will buy many. I promise you that. Let's get going with the show. So Catherine is trying to record with us. She's making gallant efforts as new mom. She's got responsibilities. Her baby is sitting there watching, watching mom get the mic together, watching Mike get, get her levels right and all that kind of stuff. Very gallant effort on Kate's part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I can't really imagine what it would be like to focus on caring for an, an entirely additional human being and trying to record this podcast. Because like if I get a text message during the podcast, I get distracted. So I can't imagine if there was a two-month-old in my care four feet away from me that's the moment that i start recording that i know for sure as soon as record is pressed my kids are going to start acting like assholes Mm -hmm. i just know it and then i'm going to get a text from my wife kids are being dicks we need you up here yeah and (laughs) and and imagine they're they're you know somewhat grown they have uh control over themselves over their bodily fluids and then their functions i would you know well you're giving them a lot of credit (laughs) well but certainly that they don't need you really they can exist in inside your home for an hour without you i well my kids kind of hate each other so they (laughs) they aren't i always thought we had kelsey when kelsey we had mccartney when kelsey was eight so i thought by the time hey it's cash on the podcast what a guy so we have Kate is sitting in front of the microphone, just holding her infant son. Baby heads are just the best, man. They're just the best. Cash is loving it. He's just hanging out. He, he's a big time stoolie, long time mm. stoolie, oh, Cash. Time stoolie. Brick, brick by brick. brick. Really? really. So we had when Kelsey was eight years old, when McCartney was born, I thought I have a built in babysitter. Not yes. I can't yeah. trust these kids together. I'm going to come home to my house burned down. I can't. What if, what if now granted you shouldn't have to do this because as they're both your children, you shouldn't have to put money on the table. But what if you said to Kelsey, we will pay you to, to, to watch McCartney. Listen, I'll throw out money just on a Friday night. If I'm here, I'm like, yeah. look, if you just leave me and mom alone for two hours so we can watch an entire movie without somebody needing popcorn somebody needing something to drink, somebody needing some Tylenol or fucking melatonin. I wish I could load my kids up on 3G, honest to God. Like Friday nights, just take some 3G and go to bed. 
I have a question. Is is three chi? I probably should know this. Is that uh, something that you should be twenty one years or older to use? It is. I say it in the ad read every time, cons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I should start paying more attention. To those Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, let's hop into round number one. This one's a little good initiative, bad judgment. And I love these kind of stories because Kate and I, when the Chaps and Kate show was winding down and quarantine was really, really going, we both loved the Thousand Pound Sisters. Mm-hmm. Loved Sody it. Pops, people. Sody Pops. Sody Pops. I will never call a Coke of any kind anything but a Sody ever again for the remainder of my natural life. So these kind of stories, when a Thousand Pound Sister type stories pop up, I pay attention. This one is from a lady named Lisa Fleming, who appeared on TLC's My 600 Pound Life. She found maggots growing in the folds of her skin. Yeah, Fleming said finding maggots on her body was the moment she realized that she needed help. The infection she had was likely from a form of wound known as myosis and which maggots can infest open wounds or sores. These are, there are different forms of this, but at a 704 pounds, Lisa Fleming knew that she needed to lose weight. I don't know if it should take maggots in your skin no. to know that you should drop a couple yeah, of these. Yeah, I, I don't know that you need to get to 700 pounds. The alarm should have started going off maybe at two bills. So I think when you have to tell your 450 pound brother to find me a scale that I can use in my own home, that should be the last wake up call. Cause Tammy on thousand pound sisters, they had to weigh her ass at the fucking junkyard. Yeah. That's... They took her to the junkyard. That was, oh, that was that's tough. tough. Now I'll tell you, I, as we know, I love the Dr. Pimple Popper stuff. You give me a good cyst. I'll watch those videos till the cows come home maggots mm-hmm. in your skin that's a bridge too far i mm-hmm. won't watch that that's an issue for me that is a health concern <laughs> it really is a health concern so this one fleming started to feel sick and noticed that her leg had been bothering her continually she said to her daughter who pulled open the folds of fleming's skin to find maggots fleming's daughter now has to check her mother's leg every day to make sure it's healing but how exactly does this condition occur Fleming likely experienced a form of myosis, said the doctor who was looking after her. He said that Fleming likely experienced the form of this uh, Malaysian wound that happens when fly deposits its eggs on a wound or open sores where it could be able to feed on human flesh and give birth to maggots. Come on. I know. In the context of an open wound, flies would land on these open sores or uh, <laughs> or um, like big like oozing type of sores that they would have in order to lay their legs, their eggs. If they're unclean surfaces, the inorganic material, the fly can put its larvae in there and they will thrive because there are tons of nutrients. It's warm and wet. And that makes sense, really. Like if you think about like a dumpster in New York, like Mm. in the middle of the summertime, hot, wet, gross, disgusting. That's like maggot city. That's what's yes. going on in the folds of these fatty skins. Yes, I, I think uh, that makes a great point. And I'm thinking now, if you are a, a drill instructor and you're taking soldiers, Marines through training for the first time, this is something you could probably utilize as a cautionary tale. Hey, take care of your feet, take care of your body, because you don't want maggots growing in your skin. Because had you told me this was something that actually happened to humans, 
years ago, maybe I would have said, I don't know that that's actually true. That can't be possible. There can't be bugs like maggots that grow inside humans. But now that we have all these shows at our disposal and, and these crazy uh, science shows, it, it does make sense. So I would start utilizing this in boot camp. Hey, well, take care I, of yourself. I agree. And I also think that this, there's, you have to market your skills. If you're a former drill sergeant, TI, whatever the fuck mm. you want to call it, one of those instructors that yells at you at boot camp. If you had like TaskRabbit, for example, where you are just unmotivated, lazy, where you could go in and have like your own version of a drill instructor come to your house, be like, look, I know for a fact, I, when the alarm goes off at eight o'clock and I'm supposed to go to the gym or whatever time, I know I'm not going to do it. So what I'm going to do is give my simply safe code to this drill instructor who's going to be able to come into my house and scream at me until I get up out of bed. I think there's certain people who want to change their life around who might go for that type of thing. I Honestly, definitely God, agree. There's times because I've been open about it, but I suffer from depression that comes kind of in waves from time to time. And there were times where I wish that I could have employed that. I'm like, I just need to, because I'm very much the kind of person who left to my own devices when I'm in that way. It's like, uh, but if someone and you could have your, me, I'll hop up. And you can have the best of intentions, right, Kate? Like yeah. when you, you hired that personal trainer, even though you knew I'm going to ghost this personal trainer, but I'm going to hire him anyway, just because for the next two weeks, I'm going to feel dynamite. Like yep. You have mm -hmm. that type of thing, but yeah. then you can just block their number. You can block whatever, and they don't care. They already got your number. But if the drill instructor only gets paid for when you actually do work out and they can't, you can't change your code or anything like that, they could get in your house to get your ass out of bed. I bet that'd be pretty lucrative. Yeah, I agree. Also, because I think adults, no matter where you are, you can always talk your way out of doing something and actually justify it with a good excuse as to why you can't wake up at this time and go to the gym or as to why you can't eat this meat. Well, I think the big, part I of it definitely think there's a market for people. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I think the big part of it for me too, drill instructors are so loud and I'm very shame motivated. I try to avoid <laughs> feeling shame would be knowing that my neighbors could hear me getting berated for being a piece of shit. So I'd be like, okay, get up you piece up. of okay, shit. Okay. I'm getting hey, up. I hired him, Becky. I promise. Yeah. Where they don't stop screaming until you are up and moving kind of thing. So like, all right, the neighbor's going to hate you. You better hurry up. You better hurry up. So yeah. yeah. I, you I can make some that. money. This is the part that maybe included in the podcast, though, because having maggots in your skin puts asses in the seats, like as far as podcasting goes. They said that this person isn't the only person to ever have this, obviously. He, the Smith, the main doctor who's doing the research, said he did not treat Fleming, but he has seen the condition on other patients. One developed this affliction as a result of storing McDonald's hamburgers in her fat folds to keep them warm at night. Ew. No, no, Ew. no. No, I will tell you this <sighs> uh, with the baby's milk. If I I'm pumping and then I put it in the bottle and then he only finishes a little bit of it and they like it warm and toasty. Like it's fresh from the dit. And so I'll put it in a crevice, not a crevice. I'll put the bottle. I'll put it like under my arm for a little bit or like, no, no, I think we knew what you meant by yeah. crevice. I don't think anybody <laughs> okay. went there. Well, I, yeah. so I think you're good. 
but so. I, but that is drastically different than keeping your McDouble warm and your belly fat. <laughs> That's true, but I don't hate I don't hate the thinking there. No, oh, I don't okay. either. I mean, there is certain things at nighttime where if you know you're prone for a late night snack. I mean, for instance, in my new place, I've lost. I posted a picture on Twitter last year about this time. I was 227 pounds. Right now, I am 196 pounds. Whoa. That is only because I moved to a new spot and I refuse, once I lay down in my bed, to go up two flights of stairs to get to the snacks. So I, I, that's the only reason. If you aren't going to do that, you might as well put a McDouble underneath that titty. Yeah, that's kind of your own version of the drill instructor. Instead of getting yelled at, you just put them so far away that you can't get to your snacks. I will but say it's that, even more embarrassing when people ask me why, how I lost weight. I'm like, yeah, well, because I'm, <laughs> I'm too lazy to go get popcorn now. Mm-hmm. My laziness, my laziness that initially caused me to eat unhealthy because it was harder to eat healthy has now come back around full circle and is helping me lose weight. That's an well, interesting story. In that was itself. part of it. And also that I, you know how on Amazon, you're going to have those recurring purchases. Yes. I started doing recurring purchases of like the, bulk thing of m&ms oh no you and can't when do i that, get dude. The, when i get the alert that's coming i'm like well that one's coming i i don't gotta finish to this one too right <laughs> that would be that's, wasteful dude that's Speaking the worst because i'm sorry real quick i'm a grazer myself so if there's food there like i was at a, a party on friday there was just food out the entire time so i just kept eating i was was i hungry no sure mm-hmm. wasn't but there was food there so i just kept picking at it but what were you gonna say about your food doesn't count no, yeah, exactly, exactly. If you can do it in one bite, n- no reason to, to worry. Mm-hmm. But what were we going to say, Kate? Well, two things. Speaking of grazing, one time my aunt, my godmother, who worked for Vanguard, the finance company, uh, pretty big, like fancy, not like, definitely not like Barstool, like fastest forever, but they had this Christmas party where they the brag was like 365 different kinds of cookies. Christmas wow. cookies, one for every day of the year. Wow. And in my head, my little kid head, I was like, I'm going to try every single one of these fucking cookies. You have well, to. I did pretty much as best I could. And then we were leaving and she's talking to some of her business partners and I just puked all over my shoes. I was like, I did it. I did it. I wasn't even upset. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. But I I also think that the people at the party were probably really proud of you because there's, if you're a child and you take on that type of undertaking one, it shows a mental fortitude that most people can't have. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a commitment to getting the job done. Mission accomplishment before troop welfare, even Mm -hmm. from a, early stage by cookie 32 i had the diarrhea goosebumps and i kept going so that's unbelievable you know i've actually never diarrhea goosebumps i know that feeling (laughs) you and me i've never given the thought 365 cookies i mean 50 cookies is a lot of cookies 365 full-size cookies that's all in a row too i was like what about whenever kate comes back full-time and i'm in new york we have a podcast where we promise the listeners we won't leave the podcast studio until we eat 365 combined cookies. I'm that's down. that's 100 cookies per, give or I take. Mean, it's more than that. It's like 120 cookies per. We need 365 stoolies to send in a batch of cookies, and then we'll try them all we'll, at, at the risk of even being poisoned. I, I hate her. <laughs> yeah. But number two. I'm and really if you want to warm them up. We can bring in like some of the fat pen, like Coach Dougs and Glenny Balls to warm them up. I, I was thinking though, I was thinking, how great would it be? I, you know, I, that's disgusting that she was using the fat <laughs> Sorry, deposits. Kate. 
her fat deposits to, to warm up, the, you know, her McDoubles and what have you. But how great would it be Sunday morning, you wake up and you don't even have to get out of bed. And you just got a McMuffin waiting for you in your Oh, armpit. man, a McMuffin oh. in there. Will be, and steamy ham is better. Oh, well, M&M's, two things uh, that great in your crevices. M&M's under your armpits for just, a, you know, the brown bags. M&M's just under your armpits for one minute. They're the perfect meltiness. Same wow. for a nice cheese and mayonnaise sandwich wrapped up in foil. Oh, Jesus if you're Christ, not down Kate. the shore and it can't be sitting in the sun. Put it in what world? I'm sorry. In what world is mayonnaise warm ever good? That's Kate's favorite sandwich. Is that, you never heard her talk not about that mayonnaise. down the shore on the beach. She'll get cheese and mayonnaise and oh, just yeah. let it sit inside the foil all day. Yeah. Yeah. And then swimming. she'll comes back. I come out of the ocean and I have a nice warm mayonnaise and it's all soaked into the bread. Mm. Spe- mm-hmm. Speaking of Kate, there's, there's a new show on uh, HBO right now called the mayor of Easttown. I don't know if you guys are watching it. <gasps> I just, I haven't started as a good, it's, I've it's, heard it's, it's fantastic. It's so Delco. It hurts. I think, right. Oh. They have Kate Winslet speaking in a Delco accent. What do you think here. of her Delco accent? She's trying her best She's smoking <laughs> a Coke. They have them saying all sorts of things so they can emphasize the O on it. Uh, but yeah, I think she's doing a pretty good job there. Go birds. I, I will give them credit that the, the you product know what placement. The fuck it is. <laughs> the you product placement of uh, rolling rocks and yinglings as prevalent as they are. I respect that. And Wawa cups. Kate Winslet holding yeah. a Wawa cup in every other scene. Wawa yes. does have some fantastic cups like that. Marketing yeah. is so good for their because half of drinking in front of people is what it looks like. Mm. I mean, it re- that's the reason why Starbucks takes off. Starbucks doesn't take off because their coffee is so much better than anybody else. It's because the brand recognition of the cup in your hand. Let me oh, ask yeah. you a question. Was Starbucks the first person to do the coffee sleeve? Oh, no way. Can't no? be. Oh. No. I, I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I would be... <laughs> I would be completely shocked if that was the case, if that's what they were going on. All right, let's move on to round number two. You, this one has wait, a little- you know who's oh. you know who's always putting their 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 coffee in sleeveys? Hmm. Who? People in the armies. Armies going in the sleeveys. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right, Kate. Kate, the new mom with the dad joke. Gotta love that. <laughs> so round number two, it's a tale as old as time. Meat is manly. It's what a man eats. It's meat, 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 meat. Cons, let me ask you, your favorite meal where meat is the absolute star? Oh, it's just your basic um, steak steak and potatoes. You like, rib, like ribeyes? What are we talking about? Ribeyes, tomahawks, what? Uh, a good tomahawk, or I would go a filet mignon. Uh, just like how uh, thick the I'll filet mignon usually forget. is. I was at a steakhouse with cons after the Daytona 500 or something, and we were all pretty drunk, and maybe we weren't sounding as clear as we always do. And this poor teenage waiter is like, Captain Cons, what would you like? And Cons is like, a little steak, black and blue. And the kid thought he wanted a blue cheese steak. <laughs> so the guy bought him a steak with covered with blue cheese crumbles and which was an interesting take on black and blue rare i wanted it black and blue and i said just eat the fucking blue cheese steak i don't think i complained i'm not a complainer i'm pretty sure i just ate it i'm not a picky person no way yes if i remember the story correctly <laughs> yeah he's like what kind of enlisted behavior and he slammed the steak down on the ground what is this i serve this country give me a proper steak damn it right exactly <laughs> so anyway uh, mine i i disagree with the filet mignon i know filet mignon is supposed to be like the fanciest steak there is 
give me a top sirloin any day. That's my favorite one because it's just there. You if you get it at a nice restaurant, it's usually cooked so perfectly, so perfectly. Top sirloin is mine. What about you, Kate? Favorite steak? Favorite uh, meat star meal? Favorite meat a star meal meat? I'm lumber gonna dogs? say. Besides a good lumber dog, a Philly style lumber dog, which as you all know, is, is hot dogs cut up like Lincoln logs and stacked on a bun. Um, I'm going to say a nice dry piece of chicken covered in warm mayonnaise, a little bit of American cheese on a uh, like a wine roll with lettuce. God. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I like my chicken dry in a way like it crumbles apart like sandpaper. Is that because you're so cautious about like raw meat? Touching meats and foods. I want all, I want everything well done. I get my burgers. I'm like, I'm like crisp it into a charcoal brick, my friends. Really? Oh yeah. If you have blood Kate, on your burger, I'm Kate hates it. salmonella. Oh. oh yeah. Well, burger maybe, but you should yeah. see me when I crack eggs. It's like, I'm cracking two radioactive balls or something. I'm like, Ugh, I have like all these precautions to not touch any part of the egg. <laughs> well, I'm only bringing up this because Australia is trying to have meatless maize they're trying to make meatless may a thing in australia in order in mm. order to help like global warming and all that shit that's better for the environment well they had a commission for a non-profit for no meat may it went on to reveal that the more meat a diet contained the more masculine it was perceived to be by both male and female respondents it found that 47 percent of people still uh still saw eating meat as masculine undertaking as opposed to something general neutral or feminine what was perhaps more shocking was that 73% of the respondents say they would rather reduce their life expectancy by up to 10 years than to give up eating meat. And I got to say, right now, the life expectancy in the United States is probably around 82, 83. And I think it's actually the first time in a long time that it's actually declining. If I can't eat the things that I want by the time I'm old, I don't give a fuck about living. No, not at all. If you have to put me on some sort of restrictive diet, what's the point? My, I mean, half of my enjoyment as an adult is eating a good, good cheesecake. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like half of my excitement in life. Yeah, mm -hmm. boozing. If I ever find out I have a big illness or whatever, that's just not going to get better. I'm starting to repeat here again. Maybe a little nose candy. Well, let me <laughs> tell you this, because... I think some of the listeners that have been listening for a long time know that right right before McCartney was born, my biological father had a stroke and he has been in a nursing home for McCartney's entire life. Like since he was, since McCartney was eight years old, my, my dad has been in a nursing home. He is a veteran and like gets to stay at like a, a veteran place and things like that. He smoked his whole life, drank his whole life. That's probably the reason why he had the strokes. And his nurses there, tried to make him stop smoking they were like he can't talk he can't walk he can't communicate the only thing that he likes to do is to go outside get rolled outside in his wheelchair sit underneath these big trees and rip heaters and they called me and they're like is this something that you want your dad to do and i was like dude let oh, yeah. him fucking chain <laughs> yeah. smoke himself to death who cares? Like he's not yeah, talking. He's not living a quality life. Just let him, it's the only thing he likes. Like, yeah. so let the only thing that gives him any sort of enjoyment in his day. Let let him have at it. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, what we'll, are you? Limit his meat though. We'll limit his meat intake. 
you know, limit his meat. Exactly right. So he just sits under there, fucking smokes cigs all day. Like he just, he's probably having the time of his life, honestly. Like nobody, yeah. you don't have to deal with anybody's bullshit. He wasn't the most social fella anyways. So just being able to sit, take in some nature, look at the river and smoke some cigarettes. My God. Yeah. There's, I think there's a, there's a, a time in your life where you get to, you know, you grow up as a kid, obviously you have to listen to your parents for the most part and, and do as they say, and then you become an adult and you get to just think and do for yourself. And it's always crazy to me when I get to the checkout line at the supermarket and I realize if I want to buy all this candy right now, I could do it. Nobody's going to stop me. But then I think you get to a point and chaps, correct me if I'm wrong. You get to a point where you got to think about your, your, your family or your wife, your children. And then you get past that point what are you, and you get to kind of pussy. <laughs> yeah. I don't think about yeah, my right. wife and kids at all no when it comes to help the decisions. Uh-uh. Okay. I, I, I mean, I just think I'm, if I go to New York, I'm going to get roasted for being fat. Like that's my, that's my motivation of keeping remotely healthy is, is that kind of thing. Like social peers instead of families, because you don't think that long-term. And I think I'm 38 years old. I don't think in 10 year increments now, no, like no I, shot. I don't like five year, 10 year plan. Sure. I could tell you what I want to do. I'm not taking any steps to do any of that stuff. I'm just hanging out. <laughs> I got maybe like the next two years quasi mapped out, not even fully. Just I have ideas, but no, these people- I, I mean, as long as I am still doing okay and like I'm not like really hurting financially and my kids aren't lacking things and my family's not lacking anything, I don't really care. <laughs> That's mm. I'm fine with how I am right now. But these folks, we legitimately three out of four people saying that is kind of shocking. That is, that is kind of shocking. I that wonder being how- said, what do you think would be, besides like your typical vices of like booze and things like that, what do you think would be your single most difficult thing to get rid of? Golf, Cho- easily. Chocolate. Ooh, Golf? or cho- uh, food, food wise, it'd be chocolate, yeah. Yeah, chocolate. Definitely chocolate. I, I, yeah, not, not counting food. Oh, not counting food. <laughs> not counting food, it's, it would be golf, yeah. Masturbator. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna go with my cell phone. I think that would be. Ah, uh, oh yeah. You know yeah. what? Here, I've I've said this for a long time now, and and this is probably counterintuitive for what it is that we do here on Zero Block Thirty and in Barstool Sports as a whole. But if social media ceased to exist tomorrow, wouldn't care. Wouldn't oh care no, at that's all. a lie. You respond back faster than almost anyone in the barstool world. You're if you tag guy. you on Twitter, you are responding in a heartbeat. <laughs> that's I that has nothing to do with if no, I no. text you, you're going to respond back yes, in less than 30. That seconds. has nothing to do with enjoying <laughs> it. It has everything to do with my neuroses and my anxiety. And if I see notifications, I have to take care of them and, and needing to, to clear yeah, that really out. the 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 disposition the juxtaposition of kate and cons as far as yeah. their, their their cell phone uses are so far and then i'm like in the middle of because mm-hmm. kate doesn't give a shit about kate can have 700 notifications on her phone doesn't care what doesn't mm-hmm. bother at all cons has to have everything cleared out me certain things i don't like like my wife well, what are you yeah, at get, right now get out of here with that 630 800 that's 530 text messages unopened right now. Like what? But like, Kate, like I have to imagine somewhere in that 530, there's something that's important. 
And you think, oh, there's a lot of things that are important. And then I get in trouble with like family and friends a lot down the line. They're like, thanks a lot for showing up for this thing. And I'm like, oh, that's when I feel the most special. Honestly, when Kate responds back to my text, I'm like, she actually checks mine. Yeah, I'll let the ZBT group chat just roll and roll. And then I'll pop in and be like, hey, didn't read your stuff. Look at my baby. And then I leave again for like two days. Yeah, I'm a piece of shit. I can't help it. That's the way I, I like it. I, if you know. started responding all the time in the group chats, I'd be like, what the fuck's wrong with Kate? She okay? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but see, that. now it goes against me, though, too, because then when I don't respond to people right away, they automatically think that either, A, I'm ignoring them, because they probably don't think something's wrong. They or probably just dead. think I'm ignoring them. Or I'm dead, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you've really set yourself up for failure in marriage. Because now, like, whenever you're getting married, if you don't respond back, know. she knows you have your phone. Yes, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's the right. worst. It's See, the this worst. This is what I do. I set the standards low so people don't expect anything from me. <laughs> yeah. You so know? if I know we're going to record at like six, so at, I'll at like 10 o'clock that morning be like, okay, think about recording at night. Just let me know in a couple hours if you want to yeah. do it or not. Yeah. Oh, side note, you know who's coming over here tomorrow, 845 in the morning? Who? I can't imagine who's coming at 845 in the morning. Who? To- token CEOs rolling in for Mother's Day. Oh, I know. And so they, my, my tits might really be out at that time. I might really. <laughs> anyway, I don't know if we needed to say that, yeah. but that's okay. Oh, okay. Hey, anyway. speaking of uh, meatless, meatless May, uh, I don't know how much you guys have paid attention to the news today on Monday as we record, but 11 Madison Park is this super swanky Michelin star restaurant in New York City. And they decided that when they come back, they're coming back meatless as a restaurant. So like is... a brand of polos you'd wear. Oh, these they're 11 <laughs> Madison parts. <laughs> like I understand if you're that kind of place and you have an extensive vegetarian or vegan menu, if you want to do that, but why meat shame? Mm. I, 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 the crux of it was the guy said that the chef, he's a world renowned chef. No. This guy, uh, David Hume. Yeah. He, he's one of these select, not even like a celeb chef. He's just very well known chef boy. and restaurateur. Yeah. Um, he just said he can't ignore the, the way the industry is going right now, and it would be irresponsible to continue to serve meat. Oh, shut up. Well, God. it's because all, right. all these little farms are getting bought up by the big things, and it's like, whatever. Yeah, well, there's, that, a, there's a lot to Speaking of it, big but... farms, that's exactly what happened with Bill Gates. Did you know that, Kate? That <gasps> Bill Gates is the biggest farm uh, owner, farmland owner in the United States, and him and Melinda announced their divorce today. Yeah, I know. I just sad to say. Is there no twenty-seven years? A Rod and J Lo and and Bill Gates and Melinda and. Well, I'm out on J Lo, by the way. You can't go to Ben Affleck right away. You can't start hanging out Ben Affleck right away. Yeah, but all right. Here's here's the opposite side of that argument. You already got all the new relationshipy things out of the way. You already know what you're getting. And if anything, he's a better person than he was when they dated way back when. Oh, I think that's the oh, assumption. No, no, no. Hear me out. Ben Affleck okay. is the perfect, perfect rebound guy. Because when you're on a rebound, you're a little bit heartbroken. You want to eat. You want to drink. You want to smoke. You want to be just a disgusting human being. And Ben Affleck says, come here and do that, my friends. You can be, You can drop all your Dunkin' Donuts on my stoop. I don't care. You know, he's just. That's fair. He's he's somebody who says sleep all day. I don't give a fuck. He's he's uh, but you're we're, we'll bang at some point. Uh, I I think about it a lot. I don't think Ben Affleck cares about banging. He doesn't look like the kind of guy that cares. I bet he's yeah. impotent. Oh I mean, I don't God. think I don't yeah, think you get that. Just... 
Thanks yeah, you can. I don't. I don't think you can get a tattoo like he has <laughs> on his back. Yeah. Why? Why once, not? Once you've been on the cover of U.S. and People magazine, people can accuse you of being an impotent like that. I'm sorry. What magazines? Oh. What magazines? U.S. and People. U.S. He's, he's with some. He just broke Try, up with that us hot weekly? young lady. So he's got. Is a, that what it is? Oh no, it yeah. is Us Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a bone dog on. Forget it. No, he's got a little dick. I'm <laughs> sure of it. Oh my god, I I don't know why but I hate this Ben Affleck slander. I really feel connected to him. Nah, I, I ever since you became a mom, Affleck. you hate when I talk shit about Ben Affleck's dick. I'm so You've tired changed. of you talking about Ben Affleck's dick in it. Yeah. What do you think you of his changed. tattoo, Kate? His his huge dragon tattoo He'd on the be back. Perfect enlisted. Yes, yeah, I mean, can't can't do, do a whole lot of tattoo judging. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no a glass comments. house that we cannot throw a stone in. But you can throw a stone at your computer if you don't have access to GovX. Uh, <laughs> that was a stupid transition. I'm fucking. I, I, it was so close. I, love I will it. say it was so close. It to was being close. Good. It was close. It was right it there. It really was, but it ended up being terrible. But yep, what's not terrible of GovX.com? It was built for you. It was built for the veteran. It was built for those people who like, oh, I don't know, brands like North Face, Under Armour, Oakley, Garmin, so many more. You can get a fancy boy watch there, fancy girl watch. You can get knives. You can get whisker do's, whisker don'ts, benchmates, Leatherman's, Sogs. Uh, you can get all kinds of shit from that place. If you want sunglasses, buddy, they got sunglasses. They got Vortex, Optics, Surefire, Wiley X, anything you want, you can go there because that's a spot where they go to honor American heroes. GovX also donates money to nonprofits honoring government heroes um, and American heroes. The GovX community has supported nonprofits like Paralyzed Veterans of America. Kate won't like this one, but Firefighter Aid. The Oh, wait, not Volunteer Firefighter Aid, just regular, so that one's fine. Regular is okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Green Brave Foundation, Team Rubicon, our military kids, and many, many more. GovX truly believes in their mission to honor the men and women who serve the country. So make sure that you go there right now, because if you sign up, you'll get your membership, and you'll get $15 off your first order of $50 or more with the promo code, coupon code ZBT15. Let's move on to round number three. This one comes from Jolio, England, and people are being urged to remain patient before the next relaxation of COVID lockdown restrictions, as there is a possibility for coronavirus cases to reignite night amidst reports that family and friends in england could be allowed to hug in just over a fortnight that being said those stories coming out of india are fucking tragic man scary and tragic yeah, crazy very much so and it's like they're not taking it serious at all like one of my buddies he's from india and he was sending me pictures and he was like every single one of the major religious groups there is fucking it up they have like all their big festivals like the Sikhs, the Muslims, you have like the Hindu, the Christians, everybody that's there, they're still having these huge meetings without masks, like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are dying every day and they're not doing anything about it. Like they're just fucking going about their normal business. Yeah. Can't I, do that. I'm sure can't do it. And meanwhile, in England, you can't fucking hug. So the success of the vaccine rollout and sharp reduction in coronavirus cases and death led ministers to support the move, according to the Times. If approved, this would mark the first time that people in England have been allowed to have physical contact outside of their household for more than a year. The government had said it would keep hugging under review as England approaches the third day of roadmap of lockdown on 17 May. It has not made a formal announcement that of yet. Not only that, I don't know if you guys have heard this news coming out of Hawaii about coronavirus. Have you heard it? Nope. Tell me. Honolulu, Maui, and several of the other largest cities in Hawaii, because like it's an airborne disease or a virus, they are outlawing loud, 
laughing in Hawaii, like in these major cities. You're not allowed to laugh really loud in public anymore. Well, I guess they can't listen to our show anymore. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so like people watch out for really, our Hawaii downloads going down. Oh, yeah, people are yes. really upset, like in Maui, because you're going there on vacation and you have all these people that are coming in, like these government officials. They are saying no, no loud laughing at all. The only thing you're allowed to do there is a very low ha. A low ha is that. That's it. Mm. 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 That was, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good setup. <laughs> that joke there. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay, got it. Al. Oh, that was that was good, chaps. Yeah, that was, oh, that was good. They're that was allowed good to laugh as loud as they want. Oh, They're allowed to goof off. <laughs> They're allowed to go up volcanoes and eat dole whips as much as they want. Dole whip. Dole whip. All right. So so hugging is out. I love hugs. I love a good hug. It's it's awesome. Me too. You, Who's you the best somebody? hugger you know? Clem's pretty good. Yeah, Clem's uh, mine too. Clem's pretty good. You know, my Clem's tits hurt so much hugger. these days. I haven't had a good hug in... Oh, I haven't... Because my pregnant belly and then my tits hurting, I haven't had a good hug in probably over six months. I can't... Shots fired at Cash, hug. dude. Like, he hugs you all the time. Hmm. No. That's true. He's got tiny little. I'll tell you, his arms aren't very strong for hugging, though. I don't want to rip on him, but. Well, oh, it's uh, fucking yeah. ugly. A little weak. Mm. My goodness. Get on that. Uh, I can't I believe know. you just let that out there. Seriously. What kind of marine is he going to be? Seriously. I, Call, I mean, maybe he should eat well, some more meat like the Australian, mm. so he won't be seriously puss. Yeah. All right. So we got hugging. That's outlawed. What else would you be upset about if they outlawed? Oh, I really have hated one thing that I've hated about coronavirus. And now that it's winding down in the United States, or it appears to be a winding down in the United States, we got to bring back shaking hands. Yes. I, that's what I was going to say. Somebody like I bought, I bought a car today. Whenever you're going in and you, cause you, you sign on the dotted line or whatever. And they say, is this a good deal? Do we have an agreement? Sticking your hand out and saying, yes, this is a deal. I like that. Like when I meet somebody at the golf course or if I go someplace else and I say, hey, how you doing? I'm Chaps. Nice to meet you. I gave him a nice firm handshake. I like that. I don't yes. want to fucking dap. I don't want to do any of that shit. Touch elbows. I'm not Ben Affleck. I don't want to do that. <laughs> do you know the history of the handshake dates back to 5th century BC in Greece? It was a symbol of peace. Because it showed that your hands were free, meaning you were not carrying a weapon. Here, yes, you can feel my hand yourself. Nothing in here. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? that's I why agree Caesar with you, got Traps. stabbed because he didn't do that. He trusted Brutus too much. Yeah, he was a dap yeah. guy. And Brutus, right. Brutus, yeah, Brutus was a dap guy too. That's Brutus, what even though Brutus has been historically lauded as being a very smart person, I don't believe it. No one named Brutus is smart. No one. No, it's a dumb name. Yeah, your name's Brutus. You're a fucking box of rocks. Yeah, I mean, have you seen Ohio State's mascot? That guy looks like a moron. Yeah, fucking Buckeye. <laughs> what is that? A fucking I, walnut? I say I don't like shaking hands. I've always hated it. And it's it originated for me, my hatred of this, the sign of peace in the Catholic Church. Every mm-hmm. every mass on Sunday would have this moment where it was like time for the sign of peace, where you turn to everyone around you in the pews and you shake their hands and you say, peace be with you, peace be with you, peace be with you. And I was always off. And also with you. And also with you. And in my teen years, if I was near like a boy in my Sunday school class that I had a crush on, (gasps) like Mm. 10 minutes before the sign of peace, I would start getting nervous. Like, oh my God. Sweaty palms. I grab his hand. By the time it was time for the sign of peace, my hands would be soaking wet. And then I'm like, oh no. Because as soon as you start thinking about 
not wanting your palms to be sweaty, they're drenched. Oh and yeah. I always had, I was the sweaty hand kid at science. Yeah. Things. I Same it. thing with diarrhea. If you get nervous right. about having mm-hmm. diarrhea, like if it gets into your head, you're going to have diarrhea from stress. Absolutely. Also yeah. chaps, I know you'll agree with me on this. How much do you judge people if they have a crappy handshake? Oh, I, not, not only Kate does too. I Kate's do biggest time. judge, weak handshake open your bitch ass mouth. Like people who talk softly, she hates it. Soft talkers and we can't shake, forget it. I'm done with you immediately. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There is nothing, nothing in this world like being a staff and CEO of Marines when a young Lance Corporal or Corporal comes up to you to request something that they need and they say it softly and you can look at them dead ass in their face and say, open your bitch ass mouth when you speak to me. (laughs) It is just... I it's a good feeling. So much. You know what else is a good feeling? As well, when you're saying it to like a bank teller. Yeah. <laughs> but you should. I mean, I could see, like, you get it. Like, what if you go to a pediatrician and they're like, oh, yes, Cash seems to be doing very fine. Like, Excuse me, Cash earmuffs. Down. Open your bitch ass mouth. Yeah. Okay. When, you ex- when you explain the fucking vaccines that my son needs, you better open your open little your bitch, bitch ass mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. And also, you know what else is a thing to me too, nurse practitioner. <laughs> yeah, talk sweet to me. Are you talking sweet to me? <laughs> I guess I owe you fucking money, huh? Oh, well. <laughs> Chaps, uh, and Kate, when, when you shake someone's hand and they're kind of taken aback by how firm your handshake is. I remember the first time I met Alex, and I don't I don't do this to kind of like intimidate people. I just have naturally like I have a, a strong handshake. First time I shook well, Alex's- I think I think the military adds that too. Like because you have a normal person handshake. And then as you grow in the military, it gets firmer and firmer and firmer because you have this represent this uh like this rep what the fuck repertoire? No. You know what I do to show, especially uh, in the military, rep- you know reputation. Reputation. <laughs> People look at a woman and you think, Oh, she's not gonna give a good handshake to show the men that I mean business. I always put a little piece of raw steak in my hand when I go to shake hands. Whoa. That's good. I say, That's I say this is a strong handshake with meat in it. That's a veteran move. Also, super fun handshake game whenever there's kids around. Act like their handshake is crushing. Yes. Oh, they, that's a big time like, hey, dad how move. You doing? Ah, not so hard. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. Actually, now that I think of it, the one, people, the adults who give weak handshakes now, they probably had an uncle who did that joke too much. So they're like, yes. oh, no, my handshake's too I don't want to hurt someone. Yeah. It's <laughs> true. It. It's not their fault. It's right. a, they're a product of their environment. Shout out right. Charles Darwin. So mm-hmm. that's basically that story. Now let's move into killing Osama bin Laden in round number four. Very different than what we've been talking about so far. And this talk about bin Laden, I think we actually might finish up the show with Rob O'Neill telling the story because it is fantastic. But this mm-hmm. round is going to be brought to you by our friends at Trifecta Nutrition. Trifecta Nutrition is the best meal prep on earth. All of their meals are planned and created by chefs and nutritionists. They have vegetarian, but they also have meat. They have all kinds of stuff. If you want it, no matter if you're on the keto or vegan or vegetarian, whatever kind of crazy fad diet you're on, they have it there. Trifecta has an app to help you track your meals and fitness as well. A community for Trifecta customers support your progress because that's huge. If you're not, if you're trying to lose weight or get in shape and you're not in like a group chat or group bubble where you can talk about it and not feel embarrassed, it stinks because you want to tell people about your little, like when I was 
in school. I had a group of buddies that we all had gotten out around the same time. And we would all text each other like what we're doing that day. Because it was the, only the three or four of us that were in the chat. That was the only people in the world that cared about what you're doing. And mm -hmm. realistically, those other three people didn't care about what I was doing because I didn't care about what they were doing. But I had people to talk to about it. That shit's huge. Yes, I would agree. Same goes for you right now. You text us that, that, that shot of your scale. I'm like, hey, good for him. Didn't really care if I'm being honest, but yes, I was happy you did, for Franz. you. <laughs> you texted me on the side. You said, I love you. I'm glad you're going to be here forever. <laughs> Make sure if you want to be here forever with a full belly, you go to trifectornutrition.com. You're going to get 40% off your meal prep if you go with them and also use the promo code 040, Z-E-R-O 40 is where you need to go. So this article from Politico came out and it's not often when a story is 10 years old that there's going to be elements that you haven't heard especially mm -hmm. for us like we mm -hmm. cover the military every week we go through military news almost ad nauseum sometimes like the last year has been rough like as far mm -hmm. as the training has stopped there's been no real deployments that are going on and that type of thing of course there's things that are happening around the world that the military is involved in but it's not like when we first started the show where there are so many things week in week out going on that's not what's going on right now. So when you have a story that's been around 10 years, it's very odd for there to be a shit ton of stuff that happens. This article is incredibly long, but the way that it shapes up at the beginning, and then we'll link it in the bio so you can see it all, and I'll blog it as well. So you can check that out on barstoolsports.com. But they, they start off with the different generals that are there and the generals that are usually involved in this type of situation, not just generals, but people that are in like the CIA, the director of national intelligence. So James Clapper, who was the director of national intelligence at the time, since he said, since 9-11, the U.S. intelligence community had one mission that surpassed all others, at least emotionally, find and capture or kill Osama bin Laden. George Little, who is the director of public affairs for the CIA, said that it was still fresh on everyone's mind and consciousness, even though it was years away. John Darby, who is the senior official on counterterrorism for the NSA, said there was dozens of leads being worked at any time. Leon Panetta, who used to be the secretary of the Navy, secretary of defense, and also the CIA director whenever this went on, he said some thought he was living in a cave. Some thought he was still in tribal areas of Pakistan. Others thought he might be in Iran. Others thought he might be dead. They go on and on about what might happen. Well, all of a sudden, they start to get these briefs, and they don't bring everyone in right away. And the level of which they don't bring everyone in is pretty amazing because this is a story that I hadn't heard in a long time. One, you have people that are getting called to the White House of the Situation Room who only had been there for a couple, couple things, and usually you're allowed to take notes. Well, Jeremy Bash, who was the chief of staff for the CIA, said, after a tragedy at cost where we lost several CIA officers on December 30th of 2009, Director Panetta said to, to the team responsible for hunting Al-Qaeda, I want you to come brief me every Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. on the hunt for Osama bin Laden, even if there's nothing new to report. So when you hear that for the first time, because you guys haven't read the article, when you hear that for the first time, what goes through your brain? Kate, we'll start with you. I don't know. I you don't know. know. Cons, does anything go? That makes sense. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. That, it's, it, it, that it's of the utmost priority that it takes precedence yeah. over anything else. If there's something recurring every week, then it is absolutely number one on the priority list. This is what went through my brain when I heard that. They're going to find something. 
Because whenever somebody in that level of importance, the director of the CIA tells you, I want you to come here every single week and tell me, you better have fucking new information. Mm -hmm. You can't walk into that office and be like, we got nothing this week. That cannot happen. You aren't going to the director of the CIA and be like, ah, sorry, Leon, we got nothing. Yeah, we've we've been doing nothing for the last week. Nothing new has developed. You can't do that to a colonel or a lieutenant colonel. You (laughs) can't say, you want me to come here, brief where where the Marines or where the soldiers are at on their PT. They got the same scores they did last week, sir or ma'am. You can't do that shit. You're definitely not doing it to the director of the CIA. Well, he goes on to say, I remember saying in the very, (laughs) when I first gave them this order, that they would have to come in and tell me four or five new ideas about how we would try to locate bin Laden. Admiral McRaven, who makes his bed, said he represented everything (laughs) and everything that we were fighting against. Um, Tish Long, the director of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, said, I was in my office in August of 2010, and my executive assistant, a Navy captain, that shows you how high-ranking she is. Mm. A Navy captain, an 06, the same thing as a Colonel Kate, just as a reminder. <laughs> 06, being your assistant, means you're pretty fucking high up the, cho- the, the chain. Well, Imagine that. Captain- I'm sorry, real quickly. To, get, to reach the rank of captain in the Navy, that's 20-plus years. To, to get to that rank and then be like, oh, you're just going to be this dude's assistant. Right. <laughs> that's, that's humbling. I mean, I remember talking to uh, the fella who was – Mattis's assistant when Mattis was the when he was the Department of Defense Secretary, mm-hmm. whenever he said that Mattis at that time had a two star that was his assistant, like that's when you know you fucking made it. When mm-hmm. somebody has a star, has a star is bringing you coffee, you've made it. Well, mm-hmm. he said the Navy captain tells Tish Long, ma'am, there's a couple of folks here to see you. Okay, I want you to tell me a little bit more. He said, it's two analysts and the director of analysis. They said they really need to see you. He says, bring them in. Brett, you stay. So, you know, that happens all the time. Even with our CEO, whenever she has an important meeting, she'll tell her executive assistant to stay on to take notes in case she misses something, in case she gets a call. He can listen in or she can listen in to see what's going on. Well, they came in and they said, nope, he can't stay. He's not in, he doesn't have a high enough clearance for all this. So that point when you, that colonel who is the direct, the executive assistant has no right to be in the room, you, you know something big is coming up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like when they're like, Captain, get the fuck out, there's going to be something huge that goes on. He said, Jeremy Bash, who was the briefer, said, we've been following two individuals who were historically couriers for bin Laden. We found them and we followed them to a dead-end street in a town called Abbottabad. At the end of the street, there's a place that looks like a fortress. I remember Panetta looked up from his briefing binder, and he's like, a fortress? Tell me more. You, you're you on the hunt for bin Laden in a town called Abbottabad, and you find a fortress that has 18-foot-long, 18-foot-high walls, that it's like, the, that it looks impenetrable from the outside, Mike Morell said he was going, he went through what was unique about this compound and the hair started standing literally up on the back of my neck. Jeremy Bash went on to say that they began telling him that this place had 12 foot high walls, 18 foot high walls in the back, no electricity, no phone service. And the people who were living there were taking great pains to conceal their identity. Mike Morell said that he showed us the main house had very few windows. He showed us that the compound was um, compartmentalized, broken up with internal walls. So it was very difficult to move from one part to the other part they go into it and this part really gets me going because at this point they kind of know that it's him they bring an auto oh, they, concept pardon me <laughs> yeah they bring in 
President Obama to these meetings after McRaven is brought in to see what he thinks. President Obama tells the entire squad, no one else bring in anybody from the DOD, nobody from the FBI, no generals, no military, nobody else. The only people that know about this are the people in the room. That's it. Getting that from the president of the United States must be chilling. Mm -hmm. Chilling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, I mean, what you're explaining was largely in the movie Zero Dark Thirty, but to me, it sounds like the real way it went down was in the movie. There's a little well, more. Well, they all did teams. like on the record. This is the first time they've all gone like on the record, like going through how everything and they pieced it all together about yeah. how it went. Listen to what McCraven said. McCraven said when they told him about the initial briefing and they gave him like what it looked like, McCraven looked at the model and says, if you guys had to do this, how would you do it? I said, look, it's a compound. This isn't hard. It's a little bit bigger than we're used to, but we're doing this 10 to 12 times a night in Afghanistan right now. This isn't a complicated thing for us to do. Wow. He's like, yeah, we got that play in our playbook. That's, uh, you know, you know, near right, what do you right 364 I mean, hour swing. When you're yeah. in charge of all of SOCOM, like you're not going to be that like, and you look at a compound, it's not like you're asking them to go through a cave system in Vietnam. It's mm -hmm. a compound. Mm -hmm. Like, even awesome. though it's a little bit bigger, like they train in hospitals, they train in stadiums, they train in all kinds of places. This compound's big, but it's not yeah. too big. And their principles just carry through. So no matter what, even if they come across something that maybe they've never seen before, their principles take over and they'll be able to handle it. That's and he goes, and McRaven says, by the way, <laughs> go not ahead, just Kate, living in a double wide in town. Yeah. Like, if you're going to be an international there. terrorist, dude, you got to stay like the Ritz. Yeah. Dye your hair. Lay What's low. the point? I mean, you're like, really? Bin Laden? Fucking idiot. I mean, this guy, if he would have stayed in Saudi Arabia, he, just, he was like a billionaire. Like, his family was rich as fuck, had all kinds of oil. Why are you going to go live in a cave for fucking 15 right. years? Hmm. There, Maybe he was I, a I, I can tell you right I now. So I used to be there for 15 years with all of us looking for him. So I, <laughs> I used uh. to be wanting to be a pastor. If you'd have told me, look, you can have a billion dollars or you can go live in a cave. I was very devout. Give me a billion you dollars. Are, you weren't that devout. <laughs> Not after a while. No, that's that's true. <laughs> so, go ahead, Kate. Well, they dumped him at the ocean, right? Yes. I think so, yeah. But I the last thing I want to talk about oh, yeah. was the options that they had of what they did. They brought all these options to President Obama. Leon Panetta brought one. I never heard this. They were like, all right, look. And this is like Panetta and all those like McRaven and Clapper. They all basically turned back into Lance Corporals. And they were like, look, what we need to do, we're going to bring a B2. We're going to blow this motherfucker to shit. <laughs> we are just going to absolutely come in here and blow this motherfucker to pieces. Finally, somebody in the room was like, if you guys do this with B2s, you're going to kill everybody around. Like, yeah. It's not just going to like, you're not going to be able to just target this compound. Everyone around is going to die too. And they're you like, do not want to make the killing of Osama bin Laden. You do not want to make him sympathetic in any way. You don't want to. Right. So killing kids is probably not right. The, the kids are there, right. all yeah. that stuff. So they had to take that all into consideration. And I'm glad that they ended up doing it the way that they did it. Cause bin Laden needed to die. Like, no doubt about it. Yeah, like, but it also that happen. I think there would have been had we just dropped a bunch of bombs, we could have said like, yeah, we, we knew he was there. But the way that we did do it to absolutely know that he was there, 
I think gave a lot of people a lot of peace of mind as opposed to- Which is to- why I think they should have released the pictures. I'm still surprised those the actual pictures haven't been released, like the ones that are going around and have gone around for years are fake. Like those aren't mm-hmm. real. I wish they would have actually released it. Or if they I had think- like body cams they could have wore. Yeah, I think- so I'm, I'm very interested to read the entirety of this article. So I hope you I hope I'll read the blog when, whenever you post it, but I have to imagine there are still parts of this that are still classified and will remain classified for a, a little bit longer, if not decades longer. So maybe those pictures will come out. It's just going to take a lot more time because there's a lot of aspects of this mission that if we revealed now would leave us somewhat vulnerable. I have to imagine. No doubt. And the end, the end of the article that I'll stop here, there's, it goes on and on, like I said. But the last thing I'll say is Nick Rasmussen. He said, we might not ever know if we succeeded in killing him if we blew up everything and we wouldn't be able to control the narrative of the aftermath. So what oh, Kate said point. was well, was very right in there. So now to end the episode, we're going to have Rob O'Neill on the 10th anniversary or right around the 10th anniversary explain what his actions were the night that he put three rounds in the face of Osama bin Laden. And after he's done, sound the retreat. And we're here with a dude that you might have heard before because he heard, he fired the shot heard round the world. And that was one that took down a dude by the name of Osama bin Laden. Not sure if you've ever heard of him, but he, he orchestrated some pretty bad shit. So we had him come on because we're some military dudes and doesn't get much more military dude than the dude that put Two in the chest and one in the head. Is that how it went down? Two no, I didn't. It was actually uh, two to the head and then one more to the head. Okay, so you're different. <laughs> no, it was. It was because he was, he, was, he was standing up for the first few, and then so the third shot was the easiest. Yeah. But I've actually taken some grief over that because I've heard have haters say that, like, if you're trying to go after a high-value individual like that, you don't shoot him in the face because you want target ID. But I'm like, you know what? That's not the case because if you've ever dealt with a suicide bomber, you shoot him in the face. Yeah. Like you shoot him in the chest. It's amazing. People have this weird thing called a will to live. Mm-hmm. And people don't die as fast in real life as they do in the movie. So you shoot a suicide bomber in the chest. They have a tendency to continue, you know, they continue the circuit and the bomb goes off. So you shoot him in the face. Plus his face was closer to me than his chest anyway. So. Yeah. And to me, if it's Osama bin Laden, you shoot him as many times as you possibly can in any place you can. And the face is a good place to start. Yes, face is a good spot. <laughs> and like, like grandma always said, anything worth shooting is worth shooting twice. Right. Exactly. I, so I did. Uh, but I did that just because there's a word that I love to use once in a while. It's thrice. Even though people don't know it's a word, I shot him thrice. I, f- I feel like the thing that you did, people want to know. Yeah. And they want to see a yeah. face to a name. Sure. And, I, and I feel like that that's, that's common, and especially since you weren't the one that released it. And resp- I think if you would have been the one, if you, like, if you did it and you came back, you flew into Virginia Beach and you were like, Look Virginia Beach Look News! <laughs> I am Rob O'Neill! I am all that is great and good! Like, I feel like... I, I'd be like, I don't know if I want to have him. I'll be, I know, so, I'll, I mean, it was almost out of necessity that you were telling the story because it was already out there. So you wanted to make story, sure the, the good story. The story was out there. And, yeah. I, and I wanted to make okay. sure the truth was told. Okay. Like, but I'll be the, the first. To, I'll be, exactly. Yeah. That's but what, I, yeah. I'll and be the, a lot of people can't handle the truth. The, you can't. The, look yeah. at that. These references. A few good men. I I'm love it. I'm going to write a movie yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, um, I'll be the first to tell you, I, I, it wasn't because of me. Like I, I'm to the point where I, I didn't do anything that whole mission. I, I literally followed cool guys, watched them do really cool shit the whole time, literally knowing we're going to die on this mission, but I need to savor this because this is historic. Cool guy doing this, cool guy. Oh, my God, that was cool. I love that. I know this guy. Just all, And all of a sudden up the stairs, and a guy jumps on suicide bombers. I turn right, there's Bin Laden, I shoot him just because that's my job. Yeah. And Based on I- tactics that guys before me invented, that's it. I got yes. I, I, Even on my website, I say that I got there on shoulders of giants. Yes. That's the only reason I got it. It's not like I came through the skylight. 
by myself and all of a sudden, bam, I'm out, bitches. That's not exactly. That's not There's, I mean, throughout how many years were you in the Navy before you pulled the trigger? Uh, about 15 years. I was a SEAL for about 15 years so before that. So you had that. 15 years of mm-hmm. training to lead you to that point. Well, 15 had, years of combat yeah, and training. Yeah, yeah, 15 years of combat mm-hmm. and training. And you also had not only that, but you had countless of other people gathering the information, oh, giving oh, you the information, Oh, my God. Yeah, that, years. I mean, even, even pre-9-11, there were people tracking bin Laden. Right. There were all kinds of uh, agency guys and intelligence people mm-hmm. that were men and women, I don't mean to say guys, that were doing nothing but that. And they were just tracking him. And, and when they, I mean, which, what, they, they told us about bin Laden, what, three weeks before we went to no, go get him? They knew about him for years. Oh, yeah. And they kept that a secret. And they were building, I mean, how, how meticulous must they have been to build that case to go back to that house? To, I mean, we're just the means to an end. And, I mean, to a lot of people out there that play those video games and, and do the little Instagram shit, tip of the spear sounds cool, but that's what it is. You're just the end. The, 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 the fat part of the spear Absolutely. is the smart people, the people that actually busted their asses for years. Yeah, there's wood on the spear. There's iron on the steel. Somebody had to fucking shake that, that's the what iron. It is yeah. And I mean, even, even in, um, in President Obama's defense, he, he said afterwards, I was never convinced 100% Bin Laden was there.